A Day at the Beach by Oliver Luchins and Thomas Padmanaban from San Rocco, 2018. In seeking to understand the profound humanism in Robert Venturi's work, it is useful to look at a photograph of his 1970 Lieb Beach House. The picture shows a young woman with two children, a boy and a girl, sitting on the front steps of the house. They have just got home after a day at the beach, hair and swimwear still wet. It is the first calm moment after a day in the sun, no fish caught, ice cream. The steps, the oversized house number and the painted wooden facade all create a generous sense of place. Through a distortion of scale, they produce visual effects, each addressing the observer and together becoming figural elements that positively engage in a conversation with the people sitting on the stoop. It is a gentle, polite conversation. The building does not impose. It is light, attentive, intelligent and witty. It is speaking, not commanding. It is immersed in the moment rather than aloof and timeless. It is tolerant and accommodating. Instead of preaching, it offers a point of view. Yet the intelligence of its enunciation is flattering. Its ideas are specific without generalizations. Its forms beautiful sentences, but the words it uses belong to the language of the everyday. Our reading of Robert Venturi's work has given us ways to deal with a fundamental architectural problem, the relationship between the way a building looks and the way it is built. Today, buildings have a layered facade construction in which the structural elements are separated from the insulation and the visible outer shell. Their surfaces have become increasingly fragmented, a series of elements separated by open joints. The character of today's building materials, the precision of their industrial manufacturing processes and the necessity to separate each element undermines the material and visual unity of our buildings. But instead of mourning this loss, we wholeheartedly embrace this new reality. Venturi taught us to abandon the totality of architectural form. He encouraged us to undo a building's volume, to see it as a series of autonomous planes. He allowed us to indulge in the beauty and thinness of a wall surface and to enjoy moments of tension on the corner of a building. He gave us the courage to expose the space behind the cladding, to articulate that shady space between the layers of a facade. He taught us to overcome our anguish at the cracks and joints that crisscross today's facades and to discover the beauty of those ex- exiguous spaces. He opened our eyes to each element's individual potential for expression and gave us the assurance that the most incoherent combination of forms can successfully come together in the eye of the observer. His work introduced us to the pleasure of complex composition, combining differences of scale and character. He taught us the beauty of juxtaposing order with figure, seriality with centrality, precision with laissez-faire accommodation. We began to agree with his preference for open figures over closed volumes. 
We understand that ambiguous facades are best when they suggest their vulnerability and fragility, that serious things are best said in a lighter tone. This allows us to speak about place and time and function and the conflicts between them. In his work, we discovered an architecture that is explicit and articulate, rather than mute and detached. It is an architecture that paradoxically asserts its authority by engaging in conversation rather than refusing it. It is an architecture of the present, not one for eternity or, removed, or the removed world of abstraction.